Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 12, and I am reading from the Passion Translation. Uh, Luke says, uh, starts out, dear friend, this is a letter, dear friend, I am writing you, mighty lover of God, better known as Theophilus, an orderly account of what Jesus, the anointed one, accomplished and fulfilled among us. Several eyewitnesses, or several eyewitness biographies have already been written, using as their source material uh, the good news preached among us by his early disciples, that is the apostles, who became loving servants of the living expression, uh, which is the word of God, that is Jesus. But now I am passing on to you this accurate compilation of my own meticulous investigation based on numerous eyewitness interviews and thorough research of the story of the life of Jesus. It is appropriate for me to write this so that I would, so that I would reassure you beyond any shadow of a doubt the reliability of all you have been taught regarding him, that is Jesus. And so the story starts out like this. During the reign of King Herod the Great over Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah who served in the temple as part of his priestly order, that is the priestly order or course of Abijah, which, whose name in Hebrew means the Lord is my father, or God, sorry, God is the Lord, or the Lord is God. His wife Elizabeth was also from a family of priests, being a direct descendant of Aaron. Verse 6, they were both lovers of God, living virtuously and following the commandments of the Lord fully, but they were childless since Elizabeth was barren, and now they both were quite old. One day, can everybody say one day? One day while Zechariah's priestly order was on duty, he was serving as priest. It happened by the casting of lots according to the custom of the priesthood that the honor fell upon Zechariah to enter into the holy place and burn incense before the Lord. A large crowd of worshipers had uh, gathered to pray outside of the temple at the hour when the incense was being offered. Verse 11, all at once an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing just to the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was startled and overwhelmed with fear, but the angel assured him, saying, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God is showing grace to you. 
For I have come to tell you that your prayer for a child has been answered. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will name him John. I want to stop right there. I want to stop right there. I want to prepare your hearts and marinate your hearts for something that God is about to do. I want to spend, as I was looking at Christmas and, and as a child and as an adult and as a pastor, you, you probably heard every Christmas sermon you could possibly hear. I mean, it's only like three chapters or four chapters when you include Matthew as well as the book of Luke. So how many different Christmas stories can you hear? And But the Lord, as I was looking at all the characters of Christmas, uh, like, like the scriptural Christmas, not Rudolph not the drummer boy. I, I know you may have seen him in the stable, but he's not a part of the story. Um, but <laughs> but I look at uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth, of course, Mary and Joseph, the three wise men, the shepherds, Anna, Simeon, just all of the stories that surround the birth of Jesus, the angels, Gabriel. Um, I was trying to think of what, hey God, what, what, what can I say that's new and maybe I'm not even supposed to speak. Maybe someone else should speak like I've had in other years. But the Lord put on my heart that the common denominator that all of these individuals had, not counting, of course, the angels, uh, they've all had one thing in mind, and that is they all had encounters. They all had encounters. And I am convinced that this is the season where our children, we as adults, that people need to have an encounter with the Lord. That's just a must in this season. And I, I, and so when I was looking for my old, so when I was looking for my sermon on my computer, because uh, I was typing it out and I wanted to update it, and when I typed in in the search encounter, what struck me is that I spoke the same exact message on this same exact Sunday. And so that kind of made me say, whoa, maybe I shouldn't speak it. And the Lord said, no, nah, I ain't going to remember it anyways. <laughs> but the Lord said, I'm serious about this. That there must be encounters. I'll get back to this in a, in a moment. Uh, if you can show the, the image there so you can see what's happening. So uh, that's the that's the picture of the temple. It's a tabernacle in the Old Testament. It's a temple in the New Testament, but it looks the same. 
and it's divided up into three parts. That is where you see the word diagram of the temple. That's the outer court. That's where the, the priests can kind of dwell out there. And then there is inside, so where you see this, the big square and the round circle, that's the outer court. And then that yellow uh, figure, that is, that is the inside of the tabernacle, inside of the temple. And it's an inside is divided into two parts. I know for some of you this is boring. You've heard this before, but just so that everybody can understand, we can be on the same page. Inside is divided into two parts, which is divided by that. Uh, on the right side, you see the term. Under the first term, you see it says veil. And there's two parts. There is the holy place, which is on the front side of the veil. And then there's the holies of holies, which is the back side of the veil. Everybody follow me so far? And so, um, so what would happen is that during this time, there only only priests could go into. First of all, only priests could go into that outside court, and then only one priest could go on the inside, which is the holy place. Okay, and and one priest, okay, could go in. And this is one different priest could go in twice a day. Okay? Twice a day. Anybody follow so far? Now, behind the veil, which is the holies of holies, only the high priest could go there, and that's once a year. And he better be living right, or else um, not so good things would happen. So, what would happen is that uh, David divided up the priests into 40 divisions or 40 courses or 40 teams, sorry, 40, 20, yeah, 24, sorry, 24 courses, 24 teams, 24 divisions. He divided them up. And so what would happen is that each week, one team would serve. Everybody follow so far? And because, of course, a year is 52 weeks, they basically had each team would serve twice a year. Anybody track me so far? I, I want you to see how the hand of God can manipulate your circumstances. Okay. So, it is easy. Zacharias, too much turkey on Sunday. Zacharias, <laughs> too much leftover. Zacharias division, his team is going to serve. Now, you've got to understand that at this time, Israel had about 20 to 22,000 priests. So you divide that up into 24, that's roughly around 800. So what would happen is that they would draw lots. These, I don't know how they drew, drew the lots, but it, but. But every, each priest had his own lot, his own stick or whatever it was they used. And the chances of you being chosen to enter into the holy place was pretty slim. You're talking about every time, the, every time a choice is made, you are one in 800 okay, for 14 days. So, there, so, pr 
probably the majority of priests never had the opportunity to go into the holy place. If you were chosen by the Lord, this would be the highlight, not of your day, the highlight of your life. So as Zechariah was chosen, he walked in to the holy place. On the right hand is the table of showbread. On the left hand is the golden altar. And then in front is the altar of incense, which is made of gold. And there he's supposed to offer incense at the end of the day. And that incense was to go up to God as a sweet smell, which would represent God receiving our prayers. So the priest was standing as an intercessor for the entire nation. Are you tracking with me so far? So while he is in there, the expectation was that you go in, you do what you need to do, and then let's, let's, I'll show you. So I go in, and then I come out, and all the crowd is there. I mean, thousands of people are there, and you are waiting for the final blessing, which is Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. May the Lord bless you and keep you. So, so that's what he would do. Highlight of his time. But the, the problem was, when he went in, he wasn't coming out as quickly as, I mean, this, folks, this took place twice a day for 365 days. So there was a cadence of you go in, you get out, you bless the people. You go in, you get out, you bless the people. Zachariah goes in, and people are like, No, what's taking so long? Elder Roy looks over to Elder Anita and says, gee, it's been a long time you've been in there. What's, 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 what's going on in there? You know, what's going on in there? What they don't realize is that when Zachariah goes in, now I imagine, I imagine Zachariah, he probably says to a priest who went in there, what was it like? What did you do with, well, you know, I went in, it was kind of awesome, like, okay. So he probably has in his mind an expectation of what it's going to be like when he gets in there. Now, what's it like going to one of those Pentecostal churches? Do you, explain to me. Well, you know, they run around, okay, so you don't kind of, well, so, so the point is, is that you, you have, he, he has in his mind what he is expecting. And when he comes in, he sees an angel at the left hand, at the right hand side of the altar on the golden lampstand side. And he was like, whoa, Joe didn't tell me about this. And he, and he is in shock. He's in shock. Anybody track with me? Because now, now uh, I'm setting something up for you. And the angel says to him, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Mm, thank you, Holy Spirit. Your prayers have been answered. 
Now, this is deep. Brian Simmons uh, does a commentary on this verse, and he says, the Greek can actually be translated this way. Watch this. And he's talking about us. The, the prayers you no longer pray are answered. I know you have stopped praying for this, but I'm here to tell you that the prayers that you stop praying are being answered. Turn to somebody and say, that's good news. 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 This is deep now. Oh, Jesus. Help us to get this in our spirit. The Bible says that the angel appeared. Get this in this. The angel appeared. Didn't say the angel showed up. The angel appeared to him. In other words, the angel was there waiting for him. Why he was doing the angel was there. But at some moment, the angel decided to make himself visible. Look up the word appear. It means to make visible, meaning that he was already there. He just decided to make himself visible. What's the big deal? God is already moving in your situation. And don't ever think that once you see he's moving, that's when he started moving. He was already moving. He just didn't let you in on his move. Because if he let some of you in on his move, you'd be trying to tell him how to move. Turn your name and say, he's talking about you right now. You can, you can. But why didn't you do it this way, God? Why did you wait so long? You? That's why some of you need to praise God right now. Because he's been moving before you noticed the move. So you have this man who is startled and shaken. He is, his name is Zachariah. And this is, and this is what I want to close with. Zachariah, his name means, is a, is a Hebrew name, which means the Lord has remembered. The Lord has remembered. Tell somebody next to you, God has, God has not forgotten you. If meaning to not be forgotten was all that remembered meant, 
I'd be shouting and be happy about that. But the word remember, <laughs> whoo, Jesus have mercy. The word remember, it comes from two Latin words, re, which means back or put back. So when you say replay, play it back. Restore, put it back in the store. Remember is a Latin word. It's not even in my notes because the, uh, I don't know. I know it's not in my notes because I just got this. Uh, it, it, it is a Latin word, membrum. Membrum. Don't look up there because it ain't there. I have to get my notes in by Wednesday. Membrum. Membrum. Put back the members. God has the ability to put the members back together. But this was really scary. This... I had to look about two or three times because I couldn't believe it. He says to Zachariah's name means the Lord remembers. The word membrum means reproductive organs. Zachariah, I know you're too old to have children, but I'm going to put your reproductive organs back together so that you can. I have the ability, there is nothing too difficult for me to put so that I can fulfill my purpose for your life. This word, remember, or membrum, it means pieces. It means parts. It means fragments, meaning that your life could be torn in fragments, and I can still put it back together. This word, means portions. I can put the portions back together. And let me end with this. This word member means chapters. I have the ability to take chapters of your life, put it back together, and make my story in your life. And the older you get, the more chapters you have regarding his story in your life. That's the power of an encounter. Chapters in our lives that add up to the fact that God is real. There is no substitute for an encounter. And I'll talk about later, but encounter is a face-to-face with God. Because an encounter will change your life because you cannot unsee what you saw. What struck me, everybody track with me so far? What struck me is 
at the baptism is that when I heard all the testimonies, they were all about encounters. And the thing that really struck me most as I was thinking about you know, the individuals who talked about their testimony before they got baptized, I thought about Peter, seven-year-old Peter, and how he shared about an encounter, I mean, as a younger child, and how that story, that chapter in his life, will mark him for the rest of his life. Some of you know this, some of you do not know it, but um, my brother, I think he's in the, yeah, he's in the booth right now. Uh, my brother, when he was um, three, four, five years old, that stretch, he, 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 he was handicapped, he couldn't walk. And so in my mind, We'll never be able to play baseball together. We'll never be able to play high and go seek. We'll never be able to do any of that stuff. Um, and I remember one time me and my cousin, uh, my cousin Dale, some of you remember Dale. You know, you know, as a kid, you don't understand. You're pushing this kid around in a wheelchair, and you know, you're six and seven, and you decide, you say to yourself, why am I know, pushing this kid around in a wheelchair, and, and it, ain't, it ain't like it is now where you have, you know, access curves, and no, it was just like, we don't care about the handicap, you just kind of, no motorized, you just push it, and I remember we used to push him up and down Glendale Ave, and I remember one day, we are in my mother's bedroom, and he's in the wheelchair, and my cousin and I, we was like, Man, you could really walk. You just fake it. And and we we pulled him out of the chair. Get, we were kids. Don't okay, don't don't be judging me now. <laughs> we were kids. But we pulled him out of the wheelchair and he fell down and, and it was like, wow, he really can't walk. Um, but then the Lord supernaturally healed him. Obviously, you've seen my brother walking. And my brother never forgot that. And as a teenager in his 20s, you know, when we get the praise break, he'd be dancing the longest. And every time everybody's like, why are you dancing now? He would say, I shouldn't be walking now. But God healed me. I remember when we were moving uh, and we saw the old wheelchair, it's all rusted up. And my mother says, Don't I throw out that wheelchair? I said, No, Mom, we can't throw that out. That old wheelchair reminds us what an encounter with God will do. I'm a senior in high school, and my history teacher, I don't even know how this happened. I just led, you know, there was only two black kids in my class, me and another kid, and I led him, led him to the Lord, and we're still friends even to this day. Uh, some of you know him, and uh, Craig McDonald. Um, and we're sitting in history class. And I don't know how my history teacher started getting on a Billy Graham crusade in the Boston Garden. 
And so he, he starts talking about the Billy Graham crusade and it's, it's getting, it's turning more and more sarcastic. And he's like, yeah, you know, and they're playing this song and everybody's saying, I want Jesus and everybody's want, and you know, the song's probably just as I am with it, but he, you know, he's, he's, I mean, he's really being sarcastic. And my friend, Craig is looking at me because he's just come to the Lord. He's like, Brian, aren't you going to say something? And I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to say anything. And the Lord's like, are you going to say something? And so finally I put my hand up and I said, uh, excuse me, Mr. Cahill. Uh, I know you don't believe in you know, the power of God, and I get it. But let me tell you something. My brother who is now a freshman in his high school, who you could see is playing on the football team. He couldn't walk when he was four to five years old. And for almost two years, I pushed him around in a wheelchair and God healed him. And Mr. Cahill said, See, there's one thing. If I told him a scripture, he'd be like, ah. but no, tell somebody, nobody can take away your story. When you're an eyewitness of the power of God, no one can tell you God didn't do what he did. Because you can tell him you weren't there. Anybody, how many of you have a story? An epic story. An encounter where you said, when, when you almost, you, you asked the question and you answered it at the same time. What is it? You said to yourself, won't he do it? And then you said, yes, he will. Can I get a witness out there? Where, where God stepped in. And, and it, that, that's over 50 years ago. And it still marks me. You can't tell me that God can't heal because I saw it with my own eyes. Nobody can tell you that God can't deliver you because you saw it. You, you lived it. Nobody can tell you that he's not a provider because he provided for you. Nobody can tell you that he can't open doors because he opened it for you. You didn't read it in the book. You didn't, didn't it was, a book didn't matter. And really, the Bible didn't matter. No, no offense. But sometimes you've got to see God do it live in 3D life. And that will mark you. An encounter will mark you. And that's what our children need. They need an encounter. That's why when I heard you sharing about Ian, yes, uh, Thanksgiving, oh yes, he's, he's a mock man. Someday Ian's going to tell, someday Ian's going to say, here's the doctor's report. You think I'm lying? Here's what the doctors say. And what they're going to, they're going to look at the report. Show me your social security number. I don't, I, don't, I don't believe it. And that's what God wants to do. So my point is, 
let the devil make your case worse. Because God wants bragging rights when he brings you through. Oh, yes. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Let's pause right there. Students, could you all, could all the Sunday school students stand at this time? All this, just stand. Don't move, just stand. Okay. What I want you to do right now, because I got one minute, I want you to point your hand to, in the direction of these students and just pray right now. God, give them encounters. Come on, let's pray from right now. We don't have to pray long, just one minute. Come on, let's pray, folks. Open your mouth. I don't hear any praying. Open your mouth. They need encounters. They need encounters. They need to move a Holy Spirit. They need a face-to-face -face with God. They need a shift. They need something happening to them, happen to them, that they cannot unsee what they saw. Something that will mark them a half a century from now. Something, something that they will tell their children and their grandchildren. That when someone says God's not real, they can say, no, I had an encounter. And Lord, help that encounter to take place this week, today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be dismissed. Thank you, Lord.